our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Hello and welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your hosts, Sim and Sonia, two millennial investors. We're here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. Guys, today is our last episode for this season. How crazy the year has gone by so quickly. Sonia, how do you feel about that? It doesn't feel real to me. Like it just feels... Look, I hate to bring lockdown into this, but... We have been in lockdown for a few months, so time doesn't exist in my head. That's how I feel. Nothing I'll lie, you sound like a broken record. Like, I think every episode in 2021 has been like, how are you? Lockdown. Lockdown update. Is that my fault? That's not my fault. It just doesn't have to be a personality. <laughs> now, you may be wondering what we want to actually talk about today, and that is evaluating how our investing styles have changed since the start of this year. Even though we pride ourselves as, as millennial investors, even though we would say we're like, you know, quite well versed in the investing world and have a good amount of investing knowledge, hence, you know, everything that we like to share with you guys, we still like to think that we have the mindset of growing and learning and we're not going to know everything. And so there's still room for, for improvement. So we wanted to just reflect on the year share what we've learned, share what we've changed. And while we're doing so, maybe you guys um, listening at home can all in a few little bits here and there and also maybe reflect on your year as well and see how far you've come because we're always focused on like the next thing. When I'm, when is my portfolio going to reach 10K? When is it going to reach, you know, 50K? But we don't always give ourselves the grace to reflect back on how far we've already come since then. Absolutely. I do love a good reflection. You too. We're going to start with you, Sim. Imagine there's like this huge spotlight on you. You know, we do this every quarter or so, I'd imagine. I'm going to hit you with a really intense question straight off the bat. Reflecting on the past 12 months, what would you say your biggest lesson was? My biggest lesson, I would say, is that I learned that I can calm down. And checking my investments every day is not going to change my investing outcome because as you guys might remember from like prior episodes and just like our own conversations, I would be that person that would wake up, check my stocks, wake up, check the market. Like 
sure, I would check social media, but I would also read like CNBC in my bed before I brush my teeth. Clearly not healthy. Thank God I grew out of it. I'm surprised you didn't like stop me from it. Do you know what? I think I actually did try. I would try, for those of you in leadership, you're going to Google, I would actually try coach Sim. Like, hey, how does it make you feel doing that? And you're stressing. I was like, okay, because what I'm getting is that you're stressed. <laughs> yeah. But you came to that realization all on your own, actually. I think my coaching worked. Yeah, that was completely due to that. Um, so I think my biggest lesson was, you know, if I don't check everything every day, it's still right because I have my auto investments. I know what I'm investing in. Sure, there's that small side of me that does look for, you know, like key movers that are kind of more speculative, that are more like fun. And I still do that, but I don't need to check the stock market every single morning. And I wouldn't say I am healthier and happier because of it. I think that's a pretty powerful reflection because I think, I feel like with me anyway, I'll set myself a goal of being like, okay, I'm not going to go on social media for two hours until two hours after I've woken up. And then you get to the next day and you're like, oh, I'll just have a cheeky look at CNBC or like investor video, what the investing news is. Did you have any practical things that you did to stop yourself from doing that? No, it actually genuinely came naturally. Like, I think there was no day where I was like, you know what, Sim, stop it. Like, I'm not really good at being, like, going cold turkey on anything. And it, it just, I just realized one day when I woke up and I was like, oh, I don't do that anymore. That's interesting. Like, I don't know when or how it happened. But it was probably the biggest lesson I learned. Like, you can be a good investor and not feel like you need to be, like, up on the news every single morning. How about yourself? Is the literal polar opposite to what you did. <laughs> I don't look at the news enough sometimes. And I think this is something that we've kind of flagged as you need to be cautious of or mindful of, of being so removed from what's happening that it affects your it affects your stocks, it affects your stock performance and stuff. So my biggest lesson is around auto payments, more specifically auto payments and frequency. So I get paid fortnightly. And so in my head, I was like, yeah, it's going to be easiest to set up an auto payment that's fortnightly because it makes sense. Now, we've talked about this before. I don't want anyone judging me, but it is around fees because this auto investment platform that I'm using, it charges a certain amount of fees per transaction. So instead of doing fortnightly, I switched it to monthly and I made it easy for myself, right? Like it's the first of each month I've set up reminders on, you know, my calendar. So it syncs to all my devices, my bank will auto transfer some money. So it's ready to go, ready to auto invest on the first. But I didn't look at it for a few months. Like I would say in a good six months, I just didn't look at it because I trusted the fact that I'm, you know, doing the right thing. I'm secure. Like I knew a little bit of my money was going to investing and savings and all these little pots. And I was just walking right on like, I'm Gucci. Like I don't need to look at this. And then I just ended up paying a little bit more in fees than I should have been paying had I just adjusted the frequency so that was my biggest lesson I would say 
it's kind of the polar opposite to you because you go from one spectrum of like obsessively looking at the news and looking at all these different things to I'm going to be so removed from that that I'm not even going to look at my auto investments, you know, for a good few months, which could be detrimental to your game. It's essentially just like you can always have too much of a good thing. Yeah, for sure. What would you say was your best performing individual stock? So I know like your portfolio and the way you've invested has been like index funds, ETFs, majority of your funds, same as me. What stock just did better than everything else? And did you expect it to? Tesla. Did I expect it to? Yeah. It's volatile, don't get me wrong. Like it does go up and down. My gosh, is that man on the news like every other second saying some outrageous thing and then it goes up and down so much. But yeah, how do we feel about that? On one hand, I'm like, you know what? It is what it is. On the other hand, I have had some ethical debates with my own mind about how I feel about Elon Musk and Tesla as a company I'm happy with. Elon Musk is a person I am not happy with and I think that's probably something I need to reflect on. There's no right or wrong answer and for person A, they're going to be like, that's fine, keep on investing. Person B is going to be like, I object and I think he is vile and they are both completely valid ways of seeing it. I just need to find where I stand on it. But it has, yeah, mine's outperformed everything else by a huge percent. In terms of what you actually invest in, has that changed at all? I made a joke a few episodes ago about how vanilla I am and how boring I am with my investments. And actually, this is something that I've reflected on as well, and I'd like to change in the year coming up. You know, 2022, I'm ready to take on some new interesting things because I think at the start, it's also new to me. And I wanted to like play around and like I like the idea of having a little bit of play money. But literally this year I haven't been doing anything different. And yeah, I feel like, yeah, on one hand it's super boring. And on the other hand, like it is what it is. It's my plan. Like I've, I feel secure and they're pretty like it's okay. But I want to be a little bit more interesting with my investments, you know. What? Have you invested in exactly? Yes. Yeah, so I have these pretty standard and then I've got a global socially responsible order that I do and that's like your ECG, some ethical investments and so those are the two that I have. I've still got Apple. <laughs> I feel some type of way about that, don't I? But yeah. How about yourself? Has what you invest in changed at all? I had an interesting year because I like was obviously investing for a wee while, bought my house in March 2021, and I sold off a lot of my shares to help purchase my house. Um, and all I left in my portfolio at that time was Tesla. I didn't sell off my Tesla stocks because I knew that I just had a feeling. I was like, it's not quite done yet. And at the time, my Tesla stocks had gone up like 400%. And I was like, it would be not wise to sell them off. So for a period of time, like March 2021, when I bought my house, I had 100% Tesla stocks as my portfolio. <laughs> that is very scary because if for a few weeks, 
I wasn't investing at all into the stock market. I was trying to like pay for renovations and buy a couch and like thrift and stuff. And that was a weird experience because I was so used to investing that it felt hard to not. So I've had to rebuild a lot of my portfolio since then, start from scratch. And what changed, I would say, is past me would just have literally the S&P 500 and no other ETF and a couple of stocks here and there. And some stocks I've rebought, like I re-got into Shopify. I didn't re-buy Amazon because I used to have Amazon shares individually. I did buy a little bit more of Tesla. I bought into Facebook when they had that dip just before they became meta. And I invested into Palantir Technologies, which I hadn't done before. So I there were a few stocks of individual companies that I invested in that I didn't have in my portfolio last year. And there's more of a percentage of individual companies than there were in the past. And because I have had so much of my Tesla stock do well because I had bought so early, mm. it actually, because it's done so well, it makes up a greater proportion of my portfolio. But if I take that out, then it's still like 90% ETFs and the rest are individual companies. And so I would say that to some degree, I've started investing in individual companies a bit more, but also I'm looking at ETFs and other ETFs a bit more. Whereas before I was like, I don't need anything else. I like how different we are. My intentions for next year, or I guess my goals would be to be a little bit more exciting and not be afraid to dabble in individual stocks and you know get excited about doing research about companies and stuff because I think I know like any relationship like we've been doing this for a few years you know in the stock market like I need to keep things exciting. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it, from local pop-ups to global retailers, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple, increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win, win, win. To learn more about how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. So this is basically what's changed in our investing styles this year. What are your plans for next year, Sonia? Like, do you have any like idea about if you're going to keep changing things or if you're like happy with what you are right now? I'd like to get back into just researching and having a little bit of play money and being a bit more fun and fresh, if you will, like with my stock market purchases next year. Like I've got my basics, I've got my auto invest set up, 
And I know those auto invest pretty well. Heck, it's what I've been doing for the past few years. But I love to dabble in some more like individual stocks, like individual company stocks. What I would invest in, that's an update for next year because, heck, I need to do the research first, right? I will say like my interest at the moment in terms of diversifying my portfolio is actually in crypto. Like I really want to get into that and dabble in that way more than I've been doing this year. So I'd like that to be my primary focus. And also just putting it out there into the universe because I feel like everyone that's listening to this has my back. I would love to be in the property game next year. I feel like I said that last year. Are you asking people to send you the property? I mean, if anyone'd like to, you know, I know he's been there last year for this year, but in the next few years, I would like to be in the game. I think we can save this for another episode in terms of what I've been thinking. Those are my intentions. About you, I don't know. I feel like you've mellowed me out because I used to be like, "This is my plan. This is what I'm going to do." Like, I will tell you my five-year, ten-year plan, and. As you guys may know or may not know, like I left my job and taking girls and this full time. I don't even know what my life is going to look like in like June 2022, like six months from now, let alone the entire year. But in terms of investing in itself, I'm just going to go with the flow and see how I feel. I really don't see my investing style changing too much next year, but what I do want to I out a little bit more is just upping the percentage of what I'm putting my money into into the stock market because this year has been a lot of putting money into property and mm-hmm. renovating into getting furniture and then all of that. And I would just like to invest more. Like I know it sounds so simple. Like, what are you going to do differently? Invest more. But like that's really it. I'm glad that we are so different because everyone's personal finance journey and they're stock market and the lessons that you learn sure there might be similarities but it's personal to you right like what's it makes sense that everyone's priorities are a little bit different and I think one of the biggest tips that I can say and from like our FOMO episode as well is make sure that when you are reflecting you're not comparing it to other people's portfolios at the same time because I think that could be detrimental to your thoughts are your journey one, but two, like you don't want to carbon copy someone's portfolio, what they do, because it might not suit what you do. That's such a good point. And like, while we are very similar, we're also very different. And like, I can say hand on heart, like, I think Sonia and I both respect and love each other's investing styles, love what we invest in. But we both know, like, when you talk about your investments, I'm like, that's cool but that's not for me. And when I talk about like what I did, like the way I quickly jumped into property, you were like, that's cool. But right now, not for me, maybe like down the track, but I think it's such a good point. And so guys, like if you heard this episode and you were like, you know what? A little bit of me is feeling like Sim and Sonia's investing styles didn't really actually change that much or they didn't really like dive into like this juicy new stock or new investing style. Like, strategy that they've come up with the truth is like investing is actually 
quite boring in itself and it shouldn't be changed up every year. Like it's not like, you know, new year, new investing style. It really, it really is like little small increments of change that happen year by year. As you get a little bit more wiser, you get a little bit more comfortable, you will obviously change things up, but they're not traumatic changes. And I hope this provided a realistic expectation of what true investing changes are. I think this is a great place to wrap things up. Thank you to everyone that's shown us so much kindness and support, you know, on our Instagram page and our Facebook group. You know, just by listening to this episode, it means the absolute world to Sim and I. It has been so lovely to get to know you all. Like a lot of you have like always been open in your in the comment section and DMing us, especially on like our social media and we have grown alongside you. Like, sure, we're girls that yes, sure, with Sin and Sonia, but we are also just like two people that are still on their investing journey, still going on their journey with money. You know, we make mistakes too. Now, our next season is going to start in March 2022, but between now and then, if you are interested in our investing masterclass, our next enrollments will open up in January 2022. So between now and then, We'll put in a link in the show notes where you can join the wait list. We've got about 2,000 people in there, which is absolutely crazy, and we cannot wait to get started with that. More importantly, we have our first end-of-year consensus that we are so excited to release. There'll be a link in the show notes. It's just some questions like, how long do you like to listen to our podcast? What did you enjoy? What did you not like? what would you want to hear more of next year and we just want to get to know you guys a bit better and provide you and continue to provide you with really valuable investing content and podcast content no so if you've got an extra like three minutes that is how long it will take to do and it would mean what to us and as always a quick disclaimer girls that invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs we are not financial advisors the advice from girls that invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from girls that invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always increase your due diligence. Alrighty, see you next year. Alright, bye. Bye.